This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Midway through March, one IndyCar race uh, under our belts. We got Texas coming up in a couple of weeks. This is Speed Street. Joey Molinero back with you after my uh, parade around Disney World for the last week and a half, it felt like. Uh, it was a great trip. It was a hot trip. Uh, it was an exhausting trip, but it was a fun one. Uh, so I do apologize for being out last week. Connor and Ben held it down. I appreciate it. But I am back again. We got plenty to talk about this week, even without a race coming up this weekend in IndyCar. Obviously, NASCAR, Formula One, there's some testing going on in IndyCar at Texas, at Barber, both those races coming up, obviously. And then we have a very special guest, young Colton Herta. I'm going to lock in with him and, and get his thoughts on um, 2023, kind of his future and beyond, and all sorts of things. But uh, can't go anywhere without, of course, Driver of the uh, number 20 bit now ride in the IndyCar series, Connor Daly. What's up, man? Thanks for holding it down for me last week. Yeah, no worries. Um, doing the dad thing, I, I, I respect you for doing that uh, with a small baby. Uh, I can only imagine that requires a lot of a lot of attention and maybe many margaritas. I don't know uh, what happens, <laughs> but uh, congratulations on doing that. Um, we did hold it down. We did drink around the world at Epcot. There you go. We I've cool done that parents. once in my life. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was fun. We were able to have some margs. We were able to have some French and Italian beers. No wine <laughs> for me because I gave it up for Lent, so I held. Oh, there you go. There. But uh, yes, we did have some beverages. So we excellent. Yeah, you know, do do a little bit of uh, double lift in there. Well, I also consumed plenty of wine at Marco Andretti's birthday over this weekend. Uh, went out to Pennsylvania uh, for a celebratory birthday uh, activities weekend with uh, with Marco. Um, so, uh, recovering from that activity as well, uh, which was a lot of fun, but, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of good stuff going on, uh, IndyCar testing this week, like you mentioned, uh, in Alabama and then some testing at Texas as well for the rookies, uh, in IndyCar, uh, at least I think most of the rookies, um, but a lot of, a lot of controversy in the world of motorsport as well. There's some, um, you know, there's some Denny Hamlin. (laughs) Our fellow podcaster, uh, Dirty Mo Media, I think his show is honestly extremely entertaining if you haven't listened to it yet. But uh, Denny wrecking people in Phoenix, uh, well, particularly just Ross Chastain, thought that was uh, hysterical that he just said that. Um, and then uh, there's some F1 Las Vegas controversy with the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, they're trying to talk about greatest racing spectacle and it honestly made me want to go to war uh, immediately with them. Um, so yeah, a lot to lot to dive into. Um, but I think I think first we can get into a little bit of IndyCar because this is an IndyCar program. Um, Sixteen cars were testing in Alabama. 
I didn't know that people. I didn't know that many people had test days that were allowed. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm trying to because we're only allowed no. a certain amount of test days during the season, and well over half the field. Yeah, and and I, we have done one because the open test days don't count, right? So the two days that we all did at thermal, those don't count against you for private test days. And I'm thinking, well, there was a there was a lot of us at Sebring. You know, there's you know. 15 cars i guess that's half field and then there's another half that were at barber but i i just want to know because other people will test it at the end of december and then so anyway I, i'm i'm a little bit confused at how the, all all the rules work out but the penske cars were fast no surprise uh barber is going to be one of those tracks where again hopefully we are fast as a team Renus was very fast there last year Lurk. um and, you know, normally I do remember testing there in the past, but this year we will not get to. Uh, and we won't get to test in Texas either, which is someplace what we have tested at in the past. So, again, testing very limited. Um, but, yeah, good to see cars on track. Uh, Benjamin Peterson was texting me this week asking for some advice uh, on getting into Texas uh, because Texas is a wild one and, you know, first day on the on the big ovals for him. So a lot of cool stuff going on with IndyCar. Um, and... I mean, no surprise to see Penske up front. So it was very cold down there, though, as well. So very curious to see if it's cold when we go back there, because it could be, you know, a race end of April uh, in Alabama. I mean, you never really know the weather down there. So, you know, we'll, are you going to come to that one, Joey? No, I won't be down there for that one. Um, got a pretty stacked April. April, I got to go do some horse racing stuff, and then I might be at the NFL draft at the end of April. Might be doing something with that. We'll see. Love but it. Won't be down there for that. We got um, we got Indy 500 testing on April 20th. Right? Starts. Yes. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Very excited for that that test. Yeah. Um, I will be at that. <laughs> I as well will be at that. Yes. That'll be that'll be something we're all looking forward to. Uh, I also saw, or speaking of the Indy 500, though, too, also saw an article from Marshall Pruitt today about the the field, how it's going to line up, 33 cars. Um, and it looks like we're very healthily at 33, which is great. Uh, and there was some interesting chatter about a potential 34th entry, which, uh, boy, that spices up qualifying a lot. And I, okay. now, it would be very tough for the 34th person who doesn't make it. But my gosh, it makes bump day so much more exciting. Like when when you have someone when there's there's a lot more on the line, man, that's a cool. It's just it just makes you exhilarated a little bit more. So, oh, yeah. I really do hope we get to thirty four. Um, do we have word on who thirty fourth? Well, the, there were there Sage was, Well, so I talked to Sage over the weekend, and I'm not sure what Sage's plan is. Honestly, but the poor guy. I don't know why he is does not have. A ride. I'm not sure why he's not with with Dreyer Reinbold either. To be honest, um, I like Dennis Reinbold a lot, and they've had a really long relationship. Um, but yeah, very curious to see who's going to end up in that other car. Not sure if it's a money thing, if they need some funding, or if Dennis needs funding. Uh, Stefan obviously brought a healthy budget there to be you know in, in one of their cars. Um, but uh, but yeah, the talk was for a potential third Foyt entry. Foyt usually likes to run. Uh, a third car there and honestly I could see them benefiting from running a third car because they do have two young guys I mean Santino's got some experience um doing a lot of dumb stuff but you know he's quick there obviously so uh so he's you know he's got some experience but but Benjamin's a rookie and maybe they find another experienced driver like J.R. Hildebrand again so I think it, it sounded like it was all dependent on sponsorship 
But one other entry uh, was Jacob Abel's team in Indy Lights, Abel Motorsports, um, which I thought was really interesting, uh, but also very cool. Like, if you have an Indy Lights team that wants to field an Indy 500 entry, I think that would be great for the series, great for the sport. Uh, yep. Didn't know, didn't see on the driver of it. Not sure. I don't think it would be Jacob Abel himself, but I know a lot of those guys on that Abel Motorsports team that are very experienced. Like, they have some guys that have run IndyCar teams there. They have great engineers. Um, so that would be uh, an entry for the Indy 500 that I think would be, um, you know, it would be well-equipped with folks if they pulled some from the Indy Lights uh, squad as well. So very curious to see how that plays out. I really, really hope we get a 34. I mean, doesn't that make qualifying just much more exciting? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just thinking back to, you know, bump day in 2021. Um, where you even had Will Power, who was on the verge then. Uh, 2019, obviously, we remember what happened there. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, I mean, all-time dramatics, right? I mean, that was just crazy uh, with with Kaiser and uh, and Fernando Alonso. And Kaiser, he's been like my two-time. I've done two uh, two-seater two rides, and Kaiser's been my driver for each of them. So, you know, <laughs> I've got a little connection there with that. Uh, but yeah, dude, absolutely. I mean, it's already a thrill of a day and a weekend, but again... That dramatics, that extra flair, that extra bit of on the line, making it, not making it. It's all great, not only for that day and the people that are there. It's great television. It's great yeah. social, right? It's all good things if that can happen. Great clips, yeah. And speaking of TV and social as well, I want to thank all the folks. Last week on the show, we asked folks to give us kind of a heads up on where they saw the IndyCar ads, right? Like, if you saw it, what market were you in? Because I was just, and I read all these messages, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, I see what people are saying. So I, I appreciate uh, those who uh, who did tune in. Because again, there were a lot of folks that did see it, but there were a few folks that were like, we had no idea. So again, there's still a bit of a missing element there. Um, but I, I do appreciate those folks who, who do chime in. Please always tweet us what you think about what's going on, what you see, if you see some ads, if you see some you know, Twitter ads, Instagram, social ads, whatever it is, even if it's on the YouTube, like I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I watch a lot of live streams on YouTube and I, you know, I'd love to see, Hey, all of a sudden here's a 10 second YouTube ad of, you know, cool IndyCar shots. Right. So feel free to always let us know that. Um, something else exciting that came from the IndyCar side was a little bit of a, uh, well, there was a hilarious moment, but also <laughs> a moment that kind of makes me sad, but Alex Rossi, and Pato Award were down at uh, South by Southwest, which I have not been to. I don't know much about, but apparently it's a big deal down there in Austin, Texas. Uh, a lot of creative stuff down there, films, stuff, all, all kinds of things, right? And so, if you if you weren't if you did not see this, Alexander Rossi, Pato Award, and the director of our show, Hundred Days to Indy on CW, can't wait. Honestly, super pumped about this television program. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, but they went down there to talk about it, to do a little panel, I guess, where they sit in a room and talk about it, um, which, you know, honestly, I, I would have loved to see maybe a little bit better attendance to this little Q&A or whatever that was, but still great to have them down there. There was a beautiful show car that had a all the information on the show on it, and they showed a little bit of a teaser. Now, I only... I don't think this video has actually been released on the internets, if I'm I correct. I... I don't know if you guys saw it on an official YouTubery or anything like that. No. Nope, just a cell phone video from somebody. Exactly. 
So we all basically watched someone's cell phone video on the Twitter sphere, uh, which again, we do deep research here on the the Speed Street podcast. We'll watch cell phone videos. We'll we'll get into it. Um, but they showed pretty much like a, a teaser trailer. Um, and and, it, and I thought it was great. Now, I was not in it at all, which I completely understand. But <laughs> I, you know, you you see the heavy hitters, right? We had Joseph Newgarden, America's Most Beautiful Man. Uh, we had Scott McLaughlin, who he was the guy saying some funny stuff and cursing. So that's boom. We need that. Yep. Uh, and then Alex Pillow, obviously a champion. Um, and and then randomly Christian Lundergardner Smithensteins. He was in there uh, randomly, but that's great. Rookie of the year last year. Got to have a rookie. Yeah, got to have a rookie. Um, and Tony Kanaan. Uh, there's a little Tony Kanaan shot, great little and Hinchcliffe. So they kind of mixed in everything, but it looked like very professional. It looked like, it, you know, those yeah. Netflix documentaries where, hey, we got cool shots of these guys getting, you know, chatting. Alexander Rossi was at his house with cool stuff. Uh, you had, you know, a lot of great backgrounds and, and, and just just professional looking shots and yeah. you know even some stuff from St. Pete already mixed in and remember we were just in St. Pete so they they edited this together and I was texting the director about it as well cuz again I I love hearing how it's going what's what's getting in, what's getting done and you know they put together a teaser really quickly which is awesome um and I thought it looked great so again I I can't wait to see an even more official trailer after we get you know, closer and closer to April. Um, but what a cool thing. It, it does look, you know, the, the show, I mean, what was your reaction? Like, did you see it and you were like, hey, I mean, although this, this is a cell phone video, I thought it looked cool. No, yeah. I mean, it left me one more. Like you said, I mean, it just, it looked up to par. You know, it didn't exactly. look like, it, was, it didn't look like it was made on the cheap, which I think a lot of people, when they heard, you know, wrongfully, right? Just just out of uh, pure ignorance, a lot of people might have been like, CW, what the hell? Is it going to be so I know. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday morning production? Like, what are we talking <laughs> about here? Um, but I I think if you saw that, and I, if you haven't yet, I recommend go go see it. Um, and you'll look like, hey, this is great, you know? Uh, so I, I, I was all for it. I'm ready to see more. I'm ready to see the the trailer on Twitter or trailer on YouTube and and see the actual show. Yeah, exactly. I, and I think you you gotta love. You know, they even had Pato. They look like they filmed something crazy with Pato in an old AC 427 Cobra, like at an air, like at a random abandoned airfield. So, like again, if they do cool stuff like that to make us look cooler than we are, perfect. You know what I mean? Make up as many lives as you want to make up to make us look cooler than we are because that is exactly what we need. You know what I mean? It's like half of the Driver's Survive show isn't real. You know what I mean? Like they just randomly put together radio messages to make it look dramatic, and I love it. That's a great show. So I, I, yep. I hope that, you know, there's going to be plenty of legitimacy in our show, right? The, the director is understanding racing. He's getting into it. They're learning more every week. There, this will not be some made-up reality program. This is a a real series that's documenting the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indy 500. Something that we would all literally sacrifice everything to win, and and I think that is something that we can all be pumped about. Especially if you're an IndyCar fan, and hopefully they pump this thing out to everyone that you could ever potentially view this. 
and it helps our sport. That that's that's what I hope for. Yep, no doubt. April twenty seventh, right? That's the launch date. I think it's April twenty seventh or April 29th. I don't know. Sometime at the end of April. <laughs> April twenty seventh. So you're going to be coming off. You have the uh, testing for the Indy five hundred April twentieth, like you mentioned. I'll be out there around turn two with some pals and uh, go. watch your time go fast. So come join us today for that. But then a week later, you got uh, the show that that really starts it off. And, and then before you know, we're in the month of May. And you talked about Connor a little bit of. Um, fakeness not real world stuff going on with formula one <laughs> now i want to mention what we're looking at here with all the news and the releases that are coming out about the gp that's going to be happening in november of this year in vegas for formula one <laughs> what is it possible for them to pull this off when they're pulling off here? I mean, this is looking like uh, I, I I know for the for the cost that it's going to take to get in there and 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 have any sort of cool experience at all. Then on top of what they're promising, it's a little, a little sketch. So I uh, yeah, this was something. This was a random thought that I had the other night, and I immediately put it in my notes section for this this show because. You know, we discuss motorsport. We like to talk about things. We like to get, you know, we like to get some opinions from folks. And I start to see all these tweets about the Vegas race, right? You see the 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 prices. You see, I mean, the prices honestly are absurd. Like it's it's insane. And like I love Las Vegas. Like I would love to go to this race just to be there and hang it. Like. No chance am I going to be given a credential to get in the paddock from anyone, I don't think. But maybe, I'll, well, we're going to win the Indy 500 this year, so maybe then I'll qualify for that. But it's it's sort of giving me these vibes um, that the Fire Festival, I would say, gave to people. I, I don't know if anyone watched that documentary on Netflix, but I'm, I'm getting, if you haven't, please do. Fire Festival was this great thing that was going to be awesome. We're going to go down to an island and party and see the best DJs and musical acts play. And everyone got down there in a bunch of tents and sandwich boxes. And it was a complete scam. I I, I obviously think that, you know, Formula One is one of the world's largest sporting organizations. So it's, it's not going to be that. But there's just all these vibes that I get like, man. Are they really selling all these? Like, I mean, and if they are, congratulations to them. But like, is it really going to be that cool? Like, are they really going to get all this stuff built at a high enough level? Like, I, I mean, the race is happening this year. I haven't seen a shot other than a shot that's completely computer generated of yeah the a event lot of, of the yeah. tra- all I've seen is renderings. You have nine months, maybe. Well, not even nine months. You have like potentially six to seven months to be like fully ready to rock and roll for this major world event that they keep saying that they're now, which again, this made me want to punch someone directly in the throat, but they are saying it's going to be the grading, the greatest racing spectacle on the planet. Bunch of frauds. They don't know that. And so I, it's Las Vegas Grand Prix could be Fire Festival. It could be the biggest motorsport Fire Festival of all time. Feel free to disagree with me on that. I don't know. I hope it's successful because that sounds great. 
But does it not put off all these vibes like, wow, this sounds absurd. Like, is this really going to happen? Are there really going to be these wild penthouse activities? Maybe there are enough rich people in the world to go do all these things with all their rich friends. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marshall Pruitt put it out and he looked it up. There's like $30,000 for a weekend pass for the garage. I mean, it's, it's literally, you know. People's yearly big, salaries. Exactly. Right. That's what I was about to say. So one of the greatest racing spectacle on the planet it seems like a direct, absolute direct shot at uh, our uh, greatest spectacle. Um, so yes, throw bunches ensue there for sure. Uh, but then two, weren't we coming up? I mean, last year, the Miami race, like it wasn't everything that they built it up to be, right? I mean, it, it, it kind of was a letdown, wasn't it? Not just talking about the on track, but like, all the, again, all the renderings that we saw down there in South Beach of the fake pools and the yachts and everything, <laughs> it turned out to be not as great. Am I wrong? There was a few, yes, there, there there was, there were a few people that did mention like, hey, this, uh, the paddock club was not up to standards of the paddock club of the, of the past European Formula One events. So again, I, I and, and I hate to say this because I actually, the, the team manager that I drove for at Carlin's IndyCar team is involved with the Formula One race in Vegas. So I, I, I he's, a, he's been awesome to me. And so I don't, I would never throw him under the bus. But this whole event, just what they're trying to do, the direct attack at IndyCar and the Indy 500, I don't like that. It's very European of them to just completely assert themselves as the best. Now, again, Formula One is without a doubt, the top-level motorsport series in the world. We 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 don't want to ever, like, completely aware of that. But it doesn't mean that we can't, like, where is the respect? Just It's just a little bit more respect for events because, again, us as drivers, we respect certain events. We know that the Monaco Grand Prix is the Monaco Grand Prix. We know that if you're winning a Formula One race, that's obviously, you know, the, that's the biggest thing you can do other than winning the Indy 500, no big deal. But... It's it, it's just a matter of like, look, if you're going to come over to basically our territory and do do well, obviously, like it, 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 it just it still doesn't make sense to have to like completely try to destroy everything else along the way. And maybe that is maybe that's what business is all about. Maybe I maybe that's why I'm not rich, because I don't like destroying people or trying to ruin people's businesses. I don't know, but it seems like. Las Vegas, at the end of the day, could be a fire festival. Feel free to disagree. But goodness gracious, I, I wanted to go. I don't think I'm going to go. I, I, I unless, unless I'm really bored and life is going great. Like, if I won the Indy 500, I will go to the Las Vegas race. But I'll probably end up staying, you know, in Arizona. And yeah. <laughs> I'll stay in Arizona and drive there every day. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I will not be there. Uh, I got one Vegas trip in me this year, and that's for a bachelor party in September. So that's going to be my Vegas trip, and I'll scout it out then. September, it'll be. Hey, we're going to have to start figuring some things out here, in Vegas. So yeah, I'll then see if they made any moves or what's happening. But yeah, I will not be making that trip in November. That's for sure, and I probably feel safe to say that. Majority of our listeners probably won't as well. That's not a knock. It's just I don't know anybody who has thirty thousand dollars laying around on top of the travel to go out there and oh. stay for the weekend to just go in the garages and be a part of that. So there and, you go. And just a real quick, Nathan Brown from 
uh, Indie Star, he tweeted something about the actual trademark. And I don't know what this business stuff means, but apparently, like, we, we do have the trademark for the greatest spectacle in racing since May 6th, 1985. So, like, we do have that trademarked. Um, and I, I guess you can say it's not a trademark violation, but like, well, that's it's, the thing with, it's all the same words, just the thing with copyright. That's the thing with copyright and, and trademark is what I've learned is that I think it's like, you just have to be able to make the argument that it's like 7% different. Seven. Than, that's it. Yeah. Something like that. Like <laughs> seven or 10%. So like you know you just again you you jumble up some words you add an extra one in there you can you're walking the line yes but you know uh, according to I think by the law and people correct me if I'm wrong but I remember back to like communication law law back in uh, college it was like yeah somewhere between seven and thirteen percent it was like all you had to show or tweet differently to make it to where. You can't take them to court or whatever. Yeah, and know. now now everyone's got their thing, right? Because Daytona 500, the great American race, like, we love yep. that. That's that's awesome. Completely happy with that. Um, and, you know, greatest spectacle in racing, Indy 500, obviously. I mean, it's still, I mean, again, I don't care if they sell. They physically cannot have even close to the amount of people that we have at the Indy 500. Nothing can. I'm sorry. It's just never going to be this. It's never going to be the Indy 500. But... Here, there's a couple more little little copyright things to read into. In the sports and entertainment capital of the world, right? Which we also have racing capital of the world trademarked. So, yep. again, this is a complete shot at IndyCar from F1. They know they're in a powerful position. They want to, and again, we we are small. Like, like the true honest fact about this is IndyCar is small on the scale of, motorsport we we get it right but i don't know to 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 deliberately go after certain things like that it just honestly seems it just seems it's kind of like okay like that's just dumb like because we as race fans like we that it just doesn't seem right and again I, I, people will disagree with me because there's a lot of formula one people that will you know absolutely go to war with you on twitter for no apparent reason other than to stretch certain parts of their body out you know and 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 think that hey we are better than you ha ha it's like well you actually don't participate in anything so this is what puts food on my table this is what i love and i love all racing right? i love formula one i watch the race even though it was boring as as all boring could be uh and we got another race this weekend coming up in saudi arabia so good for them for you know trying to attack us but uh, the indy 500 is still going to um, absolutely demolish any Formula One race ever. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. Ah. I'm with you, bro. Uh, all right, you want to get into some uh, Q and A from the audience? Absolutely, yeah. We got some great questions. Great questions cool. lined up. Thank you, though. Thank you to those who uh, who got involved in this. Yeah, this is, is um. Yeah, again, you can send these in. Uh, we usually do this, you know, maybe once every four shows, once a month, especially when it's downtime when there isn't a race coming up. Uh, at Speed Street Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'll start with Anna. She asks, why is there a one-month break between the first and second races? Well, that's, you know, that's just because, sadly, we don't have any other races. So <laughs> that's, that's it. Uh, it's 
it's it has to do with TV windows. It has to do with um, yep. what markets can we go to that will want us to race in April because well or late March because you got to think NASCAR goes to the West Coast uh, where it's warm and this year they went to the West Coast and it snowed. So obviously we we cannot race where it snows. So it really limits us when it comes to racetracks. You can't go anywhere on the East Coast. You we can barely go to Barber. Sometimes we go to Barber end of April in Alabama and it's freezing cold. So yep. we're pretty limited on venues. Um so that that is one thing. Venues, TV, and who's gonna pay us to get there, right? So I would love to think that we could find another race to do. I really, really would. Um, but as of now, we're kind of stuck with what we got. And I know I, I got another message as well from someone um, on Instagram, I think, that said, hey, I'm not, not sure if you guys have talked about this yet, but like, I think it's a really big issue that there is a month between races. People get into a schedule where you know NASCAR and F1 are racing every weekend. I was like, look, I we're completely no. aware of that. Like <laughs> yeah, we we, we need twenty races. Like I completely agree. We've been saying for a long time on this show, twenty races is an ideal number. So again, hopefully we can get to that. Uh, from Howard, wants to get into some some um, Mount Rushmore talk here. Who is on your Mount <laughs> Rushmore racing drivers all time, all series included? That's a good question. How many faces are on the Mount Rushmore? Four or five? Four. Okay, oh, sure. Four faces. I think for me, Christian paying off. At a boy, I am going to go. Uh, I'll just start right out the gate, and this is I. Had, I did not think about this before. I'm going to go. AJ Foyt. I'm going to go Mario Andretti. I'm going to go Michael Schumacher and Jimmy Johnson. That's what I'm going to go. I, I think that's fair fair and respectful. Obviously, the NASCAR world, I'm sure, can come up with several different people there. Um, but I think that's, for me, uh, that's a good Mount Rushmore. I'm gonna, I, I have three of the four the same as you off the top of my head. I'm going to switch out Schumacher for Earnhardt. For me, Earnhardt, just as a casual race fan, I feel like he uh, obviously transcended. Oh, yes. Um, you know, just racing and it was, you know, become a zeitgeist pop culture. And the reason he did that is for uh, being the legend uh, that he is. So I'm going to echo your three or four there with Foy, Andretti, and Johnson. And then I'm going to sub in Earnhardt. All right. That's respectful. I get that. Ben, who's your Mount Rushmore? What do you got for us there on the Mount Rushmore? You're a young person, so you don't know all the old people. Actually, so very <laughs> similar. Uh, I went with Mario Dale. Jimmy, and then one that I think everybody knows in F1, but is is maybe not talked about enough in the GOAT, is Senna. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that could be a, for yeah. sure. That could be up there. Yeah, I, I was I was actually considering Schumacher or Senna, but you can't yeah. deny yeah. seven world championships, you know. And, yeah, and honestly, for sure. Lewis Hamilton could be up there too. I, it's, that's tough to, it's tough to take away that also. Sure. From Suit J87. What do the IndyCar drivers think of Texas Motor Speedway? We all know NASCAR hates it. <laughs> well, I can promise I loved it more when we ran side-by-side side eight rows deep um, back in the day, <laughs> but everyone got scared. Everyone doesn't want to race side-by-side side because we're all a bunch of, you know, scaredy cats now, apparently, which is ridiculous. 
Um, but honestly, Texas for me is is fun to drive. I do enjoy it. I think the way the race works out now is is much more difficult for us uh, because we're so reliant on clean air. But we'll see what happens this year. You know, we do get more downforce this year for the race, so I I am hoping that finally we fall into the oh we actually have enough downforce now and we can race close. So that would be a lot of fun. Uh, would it be closer and crazier? Yes. Would it be more of a situation where um, Devlin or Santino probably take people out? Yes. Um, <laughs> but it would be a great event for spectators. So I, I hope that we've added enough downforce this year to make it a better race. I, I personally enjoy Texas. I think winning at Texas, for me, uh, it would be like very close to the top. Other than the Indy 500, it's like, the race that I really want to win is Texas because I thought it was so cool getting the cowboy hat, doing the six shooters in pit lane, whatever it is, big fiery victory lane. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about Texas. I love it as a viewer. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I've always had fun uh, watching watching that in Texas the whole weekend. I think qualifying's fun, and then I mean, obviously last year's race was one for the ages. But uh, you know, even the ones I watched before that, I've really enjoyed. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to Texas as a viewer, at least. Um, oh yes. From Kevin Glenn, eighty eight at Indy five hundred. Why do you guys all go down the middle of the track on straights? Uh, it's all about an uh, uh, air resistance thing. <laughs> if we if we go to the middle of the track. Uh, well, if you stay next to the wall, people think that there might be some air resistance bouncing off the wall and slowing you down. Also, you have to realize that our cars are set up to pull to the left, right? So we're, it's obviously an oval, so we're turning left all the time. So our cars are set up to turn left automatically. So when we drive down the street, the car is pulling to the left the whole time, um, so it, it makes it more efficient to turn left. So it, it's not like you go, you turn left and you then you, when you're on the straight, you can almost let go of the wheel. It's pulling hard left to help you turn when you get to the corner. So it's also the path of least resistance for the steering. So when you, when you roll up out of four, you kind of let the steering wheel go to let yourself uh, accelerate, you know, through that path of least resistance um, and then kind of bring it back to the the right for entry. So it all has to do with air. It all has to do with um, just letting the car roll as 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 efficiently as possible. Going back to a little bit of Texas here from Jeremiah. Uh, back in the day, was Texas or California a better oval for IndyCar? He also adds, got to find more ovals, Michigan, etc. Yeah, we 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 agree on that. <laughs> We've talked a lot about that. Yeah, I mean that's. For for me, I never got to race in California. Sadly, I w I, w I almost did, um, but Texas used to be great, just as good. Uh, but Fontana was, I think, one of the best IndyCar races I've ever watched the last year that we were there. So, uh, wish we had more stuff like that. Yeah, Michigan is exactly where we should go. Um, you know, we should go to Richmond, Michigan. Uh, we should go to Kentucky. We should go to Kansas. We should go to. Um, Basically any great oval. So I'm I'm at Homestead. Honestly, I think us racing at Homestead would be absolutely fantastic. So I, I would love to see that. Um, but it'll probably never happen because again, I don't I don't know why. They, I I if I uh, it's out of my pay grade. <laughs> From Rye Fitch Double Zero, what track outside North America would you like to see IndyCar race set? 
Um, outside of North America, I mean, my goodness, you could pick. I, I think we should. I think we should go to Brazil. I think. I think we'd be a big hit down, uh, down south. Um, I think that would be awesome to race at uh, either Interlagos or another, you know, a street circuit like we used to race at in Brazil. Um, I would say, other than that, if you really want to go to Europe, I mean, Spa. I think I think we would we would race really well at Spa, honestly, uh, because the straights are just so long. Everything is a great, you know, that's a great racetrack. Um, but uh, yeah, again, probably never will happen. <laughs> Come on, man! Oh, I know. Let's be beer. positive. Let's be positive. From uh, Jared underscore Tyler. Oh, this is interesting. Which sim is the most realistic for open wheel cars? I don't know what that means in general. Are we talking video games? If we're talking video games, well, sim racing games, um, die racing, I, I feel like is is pretty it's pretty hard to beat. Um, but uh, again, hard to be actually realistic. But I think iRacing does the best job on on creating something that is. Uh, enjoyable to drive. You'll like this one here, bro. Oh, yes. From from Adaptive Mom, for my eight-year-old daughter, Lily, who's your favorite Pokemon character? Great question. Um, Big Pokemon fan here. Um, I, 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 you could say a whole mess of different ones. I've got a lot of them on my helmet. We're going to have another generation of, of Pokemon helmet this year. Um, I actually, most people would say Charizard. I'm going to go um, Dragonite and Blastoise. That's who I'm going to go with. So those are some OGs <laughs> right there. Is Blastoise the one in the, uh, Super Smash Brothers? And... The one that shits the thing out of the star? Maybe? I don't know. You know you do a Pokeball in Super Smash Brothers? Yes. It opens up and it has that one that's like a star, like a starfish. Oh, no. That's That's... Blue. That's Star You or Star okay. Me. I haven't played that game in a long time. Goodness gracious. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Squad and Super Smash Brothers. Ben, you got one? <laughs> I need Pokemon I'm not yeah. a Pokemon guy. Yeah. I missed the train. That's all right. <laughs> you're smiling That's a lot. Right. Like you're giving me some Pokemon there. Uh, the, it, was right. the, it was the Smash Bro thing. <laughs> uh, uh, from Fireball 111. One streetcar, one road or track for life. Where are you going and what are you driving? Oh, one streetcar. I don't know. Give me something that makes a lot of noise and shoots big flames out the back. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, a road or track. I mean, honestly, if you're talking pure race tracks, uh, the the Nordschleife in Germany, the, the, the giant 13-mile Nürburgring, I got to drive that once in my life. Uh, and if you're just trying to drive cool places and cool corners and cool stuff for your whole life, that would be pretty cool. And uh, give me a Lamborghini Aventador uh, SV with all the power, all the juice, all the fire. Nordschleifer. Oh, that yeah. That sounds like the a Nordschleifer. That's it's great. very in Germany, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, two more here from um, Jack. We, we talked a lot about this, and I knew this would probably be a, a big topic with this break here between St. Pete and Texas. Ideally, how would the IndyCar schedule be after race one? Um, Are we talking... Ideal I mean, world. Where are you going? When's it happening? Well, I mean, I, you go... 
here's what you do. You go St. Pete to Miami. You go St. Pete to Homestead, right? And race two is Homestead. Uh, and then you go, you basically just, you start heading north. You go St. Pete, you go Homestead, Texas, Alabama, and then boom, the rest of the country is open for you. I think if we slide one more race in, uh, you know, you can kind of make the schedule be a little bit less like, oh, yikes, we have an entire off season here. <laughs> uh, the last one. Very, very hot topic here uh, as we near May. Ian Mack, 2014. Will we see the hot tub return to Indy this year? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, work. I just don't think it's worth the pain. It was fun to have. I enjoyed being in that hot tub. I'm not going to lie. It worked. It was fully functional. Um, but yeah, just, 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 I don't think we're going to do it. I, I, if- I just... Yeah. What if you get hooked up with, you know, what if you just request maybe, you know, a 10-year vet request, just put you on the ups. Oh, I actually forgot. It wasn't somebody from the outside. I forgot who did it. It was somebody yeah. from the inside. So it wouldn't matter anyways. Exactly. And look, unless I get a primary, you know, massive partnership with Coleman, I, I don't I don't know if I'm going to be uh, getting the hot tub going. So, so we'll see. Um, I wanted to get to one, at least one or two more questions here on this. Uh, from Jay Cerneski, why were the problems with the cool suit and water bottle not found until race start? Well, because sometimes things break in racing, sadly. We've got so much in these cars, and the cool suit is stuffed into the car so aggressively. Because, again, this car was built in 2012, so back then we did not need cool suits. So we've just been adding a bunch of stuff to this car. Um, and even the water bottle system, too, It's it's a... It's an electronically powered system because you press a button to shoot the water into your face. And so sometimes these things happen. We have a really small cockpit. And so our deal with the cool shirt is it basically refused to plug in because of an O-ring issue or something like that. And again, sometimes these things happen because this is not just like a, you're not just plugging a hose into a pool. Like this is a, <laughs> a three-pronged you know, system that it, it's it's you know it's two holes because you got to pump out the the not hot water or the well you got to pump in the cool water and recirculate the water at all times so there's a lot to that that was and, and sadly it just went wrong for us um, and I'll get to another one here from Haratai Key I think did I ever get to see Vivian my uncle Vivian race and. Who was the better driver, my dad or my or his brother, Vivian? Vivian is no longer with us, sadly. But Vivian, I never got to see either my dad or my uncle race uh, ever. So I was born in 91, and they were racing before I was born. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I did not get to see, but uh, both very good drivers. So very- uh, I mean, very... late 70 to your dad. Yeah, dad is 70, which is wild. I, I can't believe that he's- old like that that's kind of crazy <laughs> i can't believe my dad is 70 goodness gracious that's that is that makes me feel old it's wild yeah that's crazy sure. all right thanks again for everybody who submitted questions we appreciate you guys again at speed street pod on both instagram and twitter be on the lookout for those i'd say you know once every month or so around we'll do a little q a and, and try to get you guys involved because we appreciate you guys obviously um <laughs> what, before we get to what no i just I wonder that one thing that we forgot to mention, which I think a lot of people enjoyed that I discovered late last night. We talked about the the hundred days to indie show and the stuff down that South by Southwest. 
But we discovered a, an interview. Actually, one of my favorite Twitter accounts that we follow, Indy44, Matt Archuleta, there on Twitter, he posted an interview um, of a uh, basically from from down there at uh, South by Southwest, and uh, it was Andrew Rossi, and it was an interview with Andrew Rossi, Aero McLaren IndyCar team member. And if this doesn't make you even more angry about IndyCar, uh, the way we're looked at. Because, I again, we, we love what we do, and I, I fight. I will fight till the day I die for IndyCar, but this is just, it's infuriating that we not only had a TV station call an Indy 500 champion the wrong name, but also call him a team member and also say, I mean, if you listen to that interview, I don't know who it was. Apparently, it's an NBC affiliate, too, which is even more sad. But Andrew Rossi... You know what? He's he, Andrew is going to be a guy that I'm going to you know see at Texas. I'm going to call Andy. Um, Andrew Rossi uh, was down there talking about our great show. So so big shout out to Andrew Rossi. Um, sounds like a great guy. Sounds like a great guy. I, I got to Yes, I. <laughs> two, two, two great screenshots. Great screenshot. Two things on this front. One, yes, to everything you said. It's absolutely infuriating. It reminds me of. Last year, when Tim McGraw uh, tweeted out and put on his Instagram, fire up Brandon's NASCAR or whatever about oh. uh, the Nashville race, right? I mean, come on. Even though we oh, know it was man. We know somebody running the social media, but but what are we doing? And then two, uh, as someone who went to school for, at the, at, at a time, Ish. kind of broadcast journalism and, and, and broadcasting and everything, one of... The, I mean, it's like the Cardinal said, it's like rule number one, you know, just like check your facts before you release something, <laughs> run it by an enemy, run it by some, run it by three people before you put something out there. So like this 23 year old just out of college, who's working at the NBC affiliate <laughs> down there in Texas, who got sent to cover the Indy card thing, just absolutely took the lazy route and was like, I think it's, I don't know. I don't want to ask whatever. No, but. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. And, and the show, 100 Days to Indy, is going to be on that channel. Like they said, oh, you can watch 100 Days to Indy on our channel. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And sometimes you, you think that maybe the maybe the guy, the 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 host, the, uh, the anchor, maybe he just said the name wrong, right? But then you go to the graphic, and it's literally spelled out Andrew Rossi. And I'm like, not only did he say it wrong, but it's it's an entirely different human. Ah, yeah. So I, I, you know, again, uh, chalk that one up as a, a bit of a miss. Um, but hey, we're going to be great. It's going to be a great show. We're all happy about it. Uh, thank you, Andrew Rossi, for being down there and just doing his doing his thing. Andrew Rossi and Donnie O'Ward were probably down there just uh, having a great time. Uh, Donnie O'Ward and Al, uh, Andrew Rossi, uh, thank you guys for doing that for us. <laughs> Should we get to uh, Colton? Before, yeah, before we get to Colton, uh, a couple things. I know that both of us are going to be at Mount Comfort RV this upcoming weekend, right? Oh. You're going to be there Friday evening? Yes, probably Friday afternoon action. Friday afternoon, what is it, 3 to 5, 4 to 6? Which one? Well, uh, I think it's 4 to 6, according to my retweets, but yes. <laughs> okay. Got it. You'll be there on Friday. I will be there on Saturday from one to three. Uh, Tony Kanan will also be there. It's going to be a great event. Uh, I'll you know, buy an RV, put money down on RV. The three hundred dollars, those dollars go to charity. There's going to be Make a Wish. Great time. Um, 
yeah, but a great, great time for charity. We'll be out there. Come say, hey, talk to us about the show. We'll complain about F1. We'll talk about hype about the <laughs> 500. Uh, so come see us out there at Mount Comfort RV. It's going to be great. Uh, and then two, uh, uh, wanted to announce it on here too. I'm doing a show at the Vogue and Broad Ripple, May 25th. That's Thursday, oh. the night before Carb Day. We're going to be kicking off race weekend in Indy. Tickets are going to be on sale maybe by the time that you listen to this. Um, but we're, we're going to be pumping it next couple of months. It's going to be a great night, a night with me. It's going to be comedy. This is going to be conversations. There's going to be cocktails. There's probably be some impressions. Um, so be on the lookout for those tickets. Would love to have you there with me and with uh, the gang that I'm bringing to uh, have some fun and kick off race weekend the night before Carb Day and then the best weekend of the year. So that's going to be electric. Down. Yes. Mark those things down. And uh, hope to see you guys there. We'll be talking more and more about that. But yeah, Friday, Saturday, Connor at Mount Comfort RV, Friday afternoon. I'll be there Saturday afternoon. It'd be a great time. All right, let's get to Colton Herta. As mentioned, we have a very, very talented and special guest. He's a uh, young American superstar. He is a man who is extremely talented at video games. He is a man who has many trophies and not a lot of years of life yet. Uh, and so... Very excited to welcome Colton Herta to the show. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. I know it's very early for you in the morning, um, but thank you for being here. How are you doing? And are what's are you? Where are you going this week? What's happening in your life this week? Um, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> it's uh, it's good to be here and and talk to you guys. But um, yeah, it's it's not too busy of a week. I just went flew home to LA to see my family. Um. And I'm flying back to Nashville today. Love it. Love it. Let's get right into St. Pete because that was a tough afternoon for the Andretti Autosport team. Um, you got fenced by willpower. Like there's no there's no way around that one. Uh, but you guys were fast all weekend. Did you have a conversation with old Bill Power afterwards? Um, and and also there should have been a fist fight. Like if you guys both ended up in the wall there, I hope that there would have been a fist fight. Was there a conversation had at all there? Yeah. Yeah. I was very mad after the fact, obviously, <laughs> but, um, you know, later that day he, I did see him and he, he did apologize to me. Um, and you know, I've never really had problems with, with will like that. I've never been taken out by him. Uh, so I hope it's just a, a one-time thing and, and, and that's it. But, uh, yeah, I think it, I'd be a lot more upset if it comes around a second time. You called him an ass. You said it that he wanted to move <laughs> to the next state. Did uh, you get a little fine? What what goes down when we drop those kind of sound bites? <laughs> I thought I was going to get fined after the fact. I Honestly, I was just talking. And I was so mad that I didn't realize what I was saying until afterwards. And I watched the interview and I was like, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I was doing all that until I watched it afterwards. And I I haven't gotten contact by anybody yet. I think you can say ass on TV now. Yes. I think it's sure. okay. Yeah, this, um, is, this isn't Nickelodeon. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we're, on, we're on a primetime network. I think we should say more of that. Honestly, Colton. I was at Marco Andretti's house over the weekend for his birthday, and we must have watched your little highlight video of all the things that you said across the weekend. Was there a bet with your friends at home on what random phrases you could say that were describing certain things like 
fuddy duddies and and uh, looser than a herd of turtles or whatever you said. I don't know. There's something with some animals. I think at one point. Is this like yeah, this so, year's theme? No, it's not. There will be more to come. I can't really talk <laughs> about it at the moment. It oh. wasn't. I didn't come up with those phrases. Um, I'm not smart enough to do that, so I can't take credit for them. Um, but there is something happening with that. And oh. then, <laughs> I can't break the news yet, but there will be wow. some more information. So this is like backyard baseball type stuff. Like this is the, uh, hey, like maybe this is for the reality show that we're doing. Who knows? Maybe this is for at the end of the year. If you can like make that into a, some sort of a soundboard. I like this. I think you should. I can't wait to hear what comes out next, honestly. This, there's this more. Don't worry. Is it in a children's book? Am I yeah. getting close? <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's nope. all right. It's well, Colton's obviously America's next F one hero. So when when he gets there, there's going to be a wonderful highlight reel of fantastic things hit that he has said to expose him to the audience wow. of of Formula One. Um, Colton, you you guys have to be pumped though about although the race went pretty much about as awful as it could have gone for everyone. You guys have to be pumped about the speed that you guys have brought there though. I mean, everyone was quick. Um, I mean, you guys seem to uh, be on top of everything right now. Is that is that kind of the feeling that you guys have? Yeah, you know, I, I going into the off season, you know, I re-signed for for a long time, and a lot of people questioned that after the year that we had, um, you know. But I believed in in what everybody was doing, and I saw what was going on, and I thought that that some of the stuff that they were finding and whatnot in the off season could turn turn it around at some of these places that we struggled in the past. Um, and although it's not easy to say, oh, yep, yeah, it's it's working because it worked at St. Pete. It's going to be different everywhere, and it might not work everywhere. But, um, you know, it's a good start, and it's a good feeling to have, you know, within the team that we're all fast. Um, although the weekend probably ended about as poorly as, as it possibly could have for, for the Andretti <laughs> Autosport team as a whole. Um, you know, the pace was there. So it's exciting to bring bring that to Texas and, and hopefully make some some jumps at a place that you know I've struggled and and the team struggled in the past. Do you feel a little bit of a weight lifted off your shoulder? I feel like in 2022 there's just always a Formula One crowd circle over your head, cloud over your head. Do you feel like that's lifted and now you can just go be cold out there in IndyCar? No, I mean I, it was it wasn't really affecting me. I didn't really mind it. Um, I didn't pay any attention to it. Um, I think the more that, that you do this, the more you realize, you know, I'm sure Connor knows there, it doesn't mean anything until you have a signed contract. Um, so if you're giving a reaction before that, then it's, I don't know, it's meaningless effort. Yeah, it's that was honestly very cool. I think for those that know you, like, you know, as well as we do and like know, know that the, the skill that you do have, um, I would still say for sure that the, that Formula One door is not closed. Obviously, I think you have to believe that as well. Um, and it, you do have a job in front of you, but you're still so young. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's it's absurd how um, how that works. But is it, what, is it exciting to think about? Because I remember we had a conversation about this a long time ago that was kind of a cool conversation to have with you. And I think what Andretti is doing, you know, trying to pursue that F1 team um, and your sponsor, obviously, Gamebridge, incredible support there. I mean, Dan is is one of the greatest dudes that I think that's ever come into this IndyCar paddock and the racing sport in general. 
Um, but how what, the the vibe there, the the feeling of like shooting for the stars, like that's got to be a cool group to be a part of. I mean, for sure, and and I believe that it can happen. You know, if that group, Michael's so committed, um, and you know he's he's not really like a half asser, right? He he if he wants to do something, he can get it done. So I've never doubted him when he when he said, you know, I've talked to him about this for you know maybe five years now basically the whole time i've been at the team that, that he wants to do this and um get to formula one with the team and it seems super close now so um i never doubted him obviously dan is is almost on the opposite side of of michael whereas he came in with with no love really of racing or indycar there's some knowledge because he grew up in indiana right but um it really kind of transformed in these last, you know, I'd say, what was it, came in at 2017, 2018 with Zach Beach. So, um, and now he's got a real love for, for motorsports as a whole, everything from, you know, NASCAR, Formula One, IndyCar. Um, and so it's exciting to see. It's a fun group to be around. Um, and for sure, the guys are our go-getters. So I, I have a lot of trust in them that, that they, they say they want a Formula One team. I think they could do it. What's well, the <laughs> departure of, uh, Andrew Rossi been like for you guys over there. Andrew <laughs> Rossi. Yeah, that South by Southwest crowd yeah. is, isn't messing around, huh? Man. <laughs> hey, oh, Andy. Man. <laughs> no, it's it's been good. You know, Kyle's brought you know, a lot of speed to the table. Um, obviously, there's still some missing compared to Alex as far as you know, setup and knowledge. It's only in his second year. Um but from what I've seen, he's, he's learned quite quickly um, outside of the car. Obviously, inside the car, he's, he's rapid. He doesn't need much to learn from that side of things. But um, it's good. It's it's a good little mix-up. I understand why why Andrew left and, and Kyle came in. But, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a different dynamic. They're different people, but they both bring, you know, strengths to it. I, I think this year... After St. Pete it is is going to be very interesting because I think we're going to see a lot of different teams performing at different tracks. I, I think everyone's going to have their little highlight zones, right? Like I, I I feel like obviously our group we have a lot to find in certain places, but like at Indy and those tracks, like I think we're going to be good, and then I think you guys are going to be probably more consistently good throughout. But I, I thought Penske was off in St. Pete. Like that was, it was a very interesting, other than Scott, like Scott was really the headliner there. Um, but who do you see as, I guess, the the biggest uh, like potential underdog for this year? Like who do you, who do you see surprising everyone the most this year? Because again, mm -hmm. it was, Paddle was kind of an outlier for McLaren, I would say. I mean, obviously Rossi, Andrew Rossi finished fourth. But, you know, there was a bit of carnage to make that happen. So who do you think is like the biggest potential underdog for that championship battle that I that we all predict that you will be in towards the end of the year? Biggest underdog, that's it's it's tough. Um, you know, if I were to kind of go out on a limb, I'd say Rosenquist has been super fast in all yes. preseason testing. He was fast at St. Pete. Um, he got the pole at Texas, was it last year or two years ago? Last year. Um, last year so it would be it would be i think it could be a good year for him obviously there's a lot on the line for him um and a guy that i think is is very capable in an indy car um speed wise so if he puts everything together i think he could be a he could be there at the end 
I know last year there was, you know, with Joseph, he, he mentioned after he went Long Beach, kind of how Pinsky, you know, hey, we're all eyes on the 500. We were really trying to fix our wrongs there uh, for them. Um, for the 2016, is, is that kind of the same vibe or is Indy just always top of the list? I think you have to kind of treat Indy as, as a standalone, you know, ahead of the pack of all the races. Uh, it's so important to... To the drivers, obviously, but but to the teams and to the series, it it really makes the series float. So, um, it is probably the best race in the world. Um, it is the most intense race in the world for sure. So it's um, it's one that that you're always kind of working for, and you always want to get to, and and for sure, it's probably a standalone thing that that's that's always the top dog there. So to get away from racing a little bit, because we all know that we all like to talk about racing and yeah, everyone's proud of our teams and sponsors and stuff like that. Do we have, can we get a read on how you feel about social media and uh, the fact that we might see one to two tweets from Colton Hurd a year? Is this something that, hey, I'm just going to be at my house, do my thing. Is the, is the CW show going to follow you around at all? Are they going to get to the house? Are they going to... Are they going to see, you know, you and the boys, our, our Call of Duty squad, maybe hanging out, maybe going to Vegas? What are we, like, is that, is it, are we going to get a deeper dive into the Colton Herder this year? Uh, they did come to the house. Uh, oh, great they, news. They, they, did, they didn't get much, but uh, <laughs> they came to the house in Nashville. They they watched me unpack some bags and work out, and that is they about it. They didn't watch it. you dive into the League of Legends realm and just start <laughs> Dude, ripping? Come with on. the dripper? Yeah, with the dripper? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Man. No, no, I, I probably should have. I didn't have anything set up. They came, they wanted ah. to come on this date, and there was no internet at my house. Everything was boxed up. I don't, so, probably nothing nothing too great there. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to your segment with, with Deepu and <laughs> and watching that unfold. I cannot wait. Maybe we'll a see, grid block from him. I to be honest, I'm thinking Penske Entertainment is actually telling the director of that show to stay away from me. So like I I I think yes. that that might be some low key. Uh, I guess I don't know holding a grudge. Well, we don't need that guy marketing our series. But who knows? We'll see. Maybe by the month of May, it'll all be great. Can you give us a quick rating on the St. Pete after party Sunday night? I I because I talked about it on the show last week. Give us a quick grading. Now, we don't have to get into details, obviously, because we're all professionals. But was that near the top? Would you say, was that a was that a solid celebration? Yeah, it was uh, It was definitely all time. Just the <laughs> just from the setting to the people that were there, the music, it was perfect. Um, not too crazy, but not too tame. You know, exactly. something right in the middle. Everybody got home fine. Um, <laughs> so it, it's got to be like a 9.2 for, for me. Spencer fell yes, in the ocean, but that's fine. Yes, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody but else okay, is good. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I love to hear it. I saw in St. Pete. I appreciate the invite to said party. That was great. Um, <laughs> man, we, we missed all that one, Troy. That was I didn't even race. I didn't even see him there. I Disney World afterwards. Well, you were no. hanging out with McLaren. Suckers. You were all hanging right. out with uh, McLaren. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, what was I going to ask? Hey, is the Zits <laughs> playing a show in May? Uh, they're talking about it. We might come back. Um, it depends, because last time we kind of like lost a whole bunch of money doing that. Oh. Um, and, oh, no. and my friends had to like, 
you spend a lot of money to get out there and whatnot, uh, especially for, for it to be on a race weekend. The flights are expensive. So we got to figure out, you know, how to make it so it's a little bit more affordable for them. But um, we're, we're trying. We want to do it again. Man, we got to get it to where the boys are getting paid ten grand a night. Like, what are we? Like, what are we doing here? Like, every we member. Go, we got to go to the Jefferson. Exactly. Got to go to the Jefferson and Louis. <laughs> Man, that would be that would be tremendous. I think one other question that I want to ask about uh, fun activities in life. Month of May pranks. I I don't know what to ask you about this, but uh. Do you have anything in your brain or do we need to coordinate on anything? Again, I mean, allegedly. Yes and yes. <laughs> All right. I've got good. some stuff. I'm sure you'll have some ideas. Um, we've got a good few months here, brainstorm time. Yes. That we'll, uh, we'll be able to crack into. But I'm more, I've got the pranks. Now I just need to see who the victims are. Um, yes. Or... More importantly, if Will Powers bringing his kid to the month of May, very important. Because then that'll yeah. spoil my plans. Very important. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah. You you can't fill a motorhome with crickets if he has a child there. Like it's just it just no. wouldn't work it out. You know doesn't I mean? work. No. Yeah. Well, well, one thing one thing that I know about uh, you, Colton, that I'm hoping that more and more people know about you is that you are a big Star Wars fan. So I oh. got to get you. We got to get your thoughts on uh, season three of Mandalorian so far. Have, have you caught up? I, what do you? Think? No, I've been in LA this this past week. I've not watched anything, um, and there's a reason. Just because I I put in this like badass stereo system or whatever in the new house in Nashville, and so I'm waiting. Oh, and that's that's going to be the first thing is I'm probably going to watch Empire Strikes Back, and then I'm going to watch Mandalorian. Okay, first Man. three episodes. I won't give anything away. First three episodes have been on par. They've been very, very, really? very good. Very Star Wars, and uh, it's it's getting really exciting. So I look forward to uh, hearing feedback on that. I've also watched, and I do enjoy it as well. And I I can't wait for you to enjoy that in your contract house in Nashville. That sounds very exciting down there. Uh, I one thing I want to get to because everyone, well, actually, I don't think enough people know Colton. Very good at video games. I'm not going to lie. Colton, over the whole pandemic situation, we might have played video games every single day for a certain amount of time because we were doing yep. nothing with our lives. Give us, Colton, your top three video games you enjoy playing, and I, and I can't wait to hear them, honestly, because I, I know that it might be unexpected for some people. Yeah. So, number three, we're going to go with kind of Undisputed number one in a lot of people's list is going to be Modern Warfare, specifically okay. Modern Warfare 2. Yes. Uh, you know, great game. We both grinded our way to Damascus. Grinded. Absolute um, grind. Yeah. So that was a, a heavy, heavy one. <laughs> number two, let's see. Um, I'm going to go with, I've been playing a lot of FIFA. Okay. I right know. Big a soccer lot of guy. FIFA. Yeah. With the boys. A lot of FIFA. Yeah, with the boys, of course. Yeah, with the boys. <laughs> Um, and my number one is it, probably a lot of people don't know this. I love this game, League of Legends. <laughs> Complete nerd fest of a game. Um, probably would unexpected, uh, but I love that game so much. I've been trying to get Connor to play. He <laughs> says no every single time. Um, but that's that's my number one, and that's number one by far. Man, you're, 
probably too young for this, but like Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, any of those classics rank up there? I like playing them. They're not up there. Um, I didn't grow up with them. They're not good enough, you know. That I think if you grew <laughs> up with them, that's like, oh yeah, you know, it has some nostalgic factor. But there's no getting past that. The graphics are terrible. The gameplay is awful. There's See? better stuff out there now. But it's fun to play. Exactly. That's a good point. I, Colton, we're this. This is we're talking to a modern gamer. If you talk to someone like even me, like I, I want to talk about games that are fully immersive. Like we can get in, we can hunt for camos, we can do whatever you do in League of Legends. I don't know, defeat a bunch <laughs> of enemies or whatever that is. FIFA, you know, that's uh, well, you, you and the boys, you can do that after a couple PBRs or something like that. But it's it's, it's something that is is I, I agree with the the modern gamer here, Colton. We got to have the immersive games. I will what? always appreciate Mario Kart. Always appreciate Super Smash Brothers. I thought I was going to be in a Super Smash Brothers melee tournament back when I was younger. It turns out we lost. So uh, you know, that's what that's about, where what I'm about at. Battlefront. What about Battlefront? Oh, Battlefront's a great game. Just but, not, 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 not top three, though. Are you talking about the... Which one? The older one? I'm talking about uh, PS2, Battlefront 2. Oh, I'm talking about, like, uh, Melee, that was, Moss Eisley. That was a great game. But, that like, was a good game. If you were to go back to it right now, this is kind of, like, the way to gauge it. If you were to go back to it right now, could you play that game straight for 12 hours? For me, it's <laughs> no. Whereas I could play League of Legends for 12 hours straight. <laughs> that is the honest Colton Herta. You realize... That Cole Nerda is a young man who could potentially play video games for 12 hours at a time and go out and beat everyone's butt cheeks at an IndyCar weekend any day of the week. That That's why I think everyone in America and the world respects you, Colton. It's why I respect you a lot. And so I appreciate your honesty on this. I really Hold do. On. I got to know. I got to know. If you're, playing, if you're playing video games for 12 hours, that leads me to think that back in the day, a young, short-haired Colton Herta, perhaps a Mohawk Colton Herta, was playing video games, and then old Brian Herta came in and said, hey, son, get your <laughs> ass out there behind the wheel, get some work in, get off the damn video games. Is this is this payback now on the radio, the fame radio, when you're just actually investigating <laughs> your dad? Is that Shut payback? Up, dad. <laughs> Fuck you, dad! Oh I'm playing video games now! <laughs> no, that is, that is true, though. There was a lot of... Get, get off the game growing up, but um, <laughs> you know, I didn't think about it that way, but maybe there's something in the back of my mind that's wired for it now. There you go. Uh, I love it. Man, Colton, I, I appreciate you being here, man. I could honestly, I could talk to you all day, but we want to respect people's time on this program. Um, appreciate you. Appreciate your dad. Uh, great family. Appreciate the fact that, uh, you know what? You're America's next Formula One hope, even though we have Logan Sargent in there right now. Uh, good for him. Um, but I'm excited to see where we go, and hopefully we can share the podium at some point this year. That'd be a nice celebration. We'd be up there. I would race you to see who can finish the champagne first. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for it, man. Thanks, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. See you, Andy. See you, man. <laughs> see you, guys. Oh, we love him. The young Colton Herta. Uh, so much personality on that guy, whether it be dry or not. Um, would love to to play some video games with him one day and uh, get my ass beat by him because I know he's one of those kids that would just absolutely destroy me. Uh, sweaty, but... he's sweaty, yeah. <laughs> As the kids say, we appreciate his time. Uh, looking forward to the 2023 and beyond with him, no doubt. Uh, all right, Connor, you want to wrap us up here? Finish strong, you know, with the uh, Rand Mini 500 driver. Yes, absolutely. Love that Colton Herd interview. Um, 
I, I tried to get him to post more on social and get more into his life. I promise you, one of the greatest personalities in our sport that is yet to be fully, fully uncovered. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But speaking of personalities that I didn't know about at all, um, the random Indy 500 driver of the week, the Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week, my, one of my, well, my favorite segment. We don't really have many segments. Uh, I tried to figure, we're getting so deep in our list of years that I tried to figure out a year that we haven't used before. Um, and 1963 is a year that we have not chosen yet. Uh, that year was won by Parnelli Jones. Parnelli Jones, obviously a legend. Uh, the top three in this race, honestly, too, is outstanding. Parnelli Jones, Jim Clark, and AJ Foyt. Like, what an incredible top, top three. Um, but I went with uh, the 27th place finisher, Alan Crow. So Alan Crow had a very short Wikipedia page that didn't really give us a lot of information. But I went down to the Motorsport Memorial website, which is apparently a real website, um, and found out quite a sad story, honestly. Alan Crow suffered fatal injuries in a sprint car race in Ohio only two days after his second start at the Indy 500. Like, man. That is, Dang. hate to hear that for poor Alan, uh, Alan Crow, um, but uh, two Indy 500s, um, he started racing stock cars in Macon, Illinois in 1951, he was an Illinois, Missouri stock car champion, 1955, 56, and 57, um, and then in 1961, he competed in big cars, and the following year qualified for his first Indy 500. Uh, so yeah, two Indy 500s for Alan Crow, um, and wow, yeah, 1963 qualified 13th, which is great, uh, but got involved in an accident, uh, on lap 47, so, uh, RIP Alan Crow, but, uh, yeah, learn something new. Absolutely, I was thinking about it too, like, we could start probably... I feel like we haven't done hardly any, like, 90s, early 2000s. Like, I know that they'd be way more familiar, but there's got to be some random ones in there, right? Well, I mean, maybe for you, but I, I all those guys I know, so I'm I'm learning so much as I go deeper into the... Into the Even, uh, like, 1992, 28th place finisher, 29th qualifier, like, there's got to be get into some more. We can get into some more modern races. Yeah, we got we got, we got, got plenty more shows to do, so we'll, we'll dive into some more modern stuff as well. People will definitely know, and people will be alive. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, good deal, man. Thanks to Colton Herda. Thanks to all of you for submitting the questions, asking us, uh, you know, stirring up some conversation. We appreciate it. Uh, be sure to uh, follow the show, send it to a friend who loves motorsport, who loves the Indy 500, who loves IndyCar, and uh, get them on uh, the Speed Street as well. And buy uh, we... shirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We tweeted it out, but there are shirts. Connor's wearing them. I took one down to St. P with me. Uh, you know, we, we have a few, few different times at St. P. We get the, Joey, Speed Street. I'm like, yep, that's right. So uh, <laughs> we know that people are out there uh, wanting to buy shirts, so go ahead and get those. Uh, I think we usually put them in the bio, right? Oh, something like that. Yeah, they're on the Dirty Mo website, definitely. Dirty Mo website link tree. has all where they're yeah, link trees tree on our socials, and then Ben may throw them in the show description. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah, I got you. There you go. Thanks, buddy. All right. Uh, don't forget this weekend, Connor at Mount Comfort RV on Friday. I'm there on Saturday. Come hang out. Say what's up. We'll chat it up. Have a good time. All right. Until next week, we'll talk to you on Speed Street.
The newest episode of Door Bumper Clear is available now on all major podcasting platforms. Make sure to follow the show to get notified as soon as a new episode is released. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.